Hi, I'm Pete Price, and this is my podcast with Kate Robbins. I love this talented lady from Dinner Ladies. She's a writer. She was in Crossroads. She's a singer. She comes from a famous family. She's got talent. Hey, do you want cheering up? Listen to this right now. It's Pete Price with Kate Robbins. Ladies and gentlemen, Kate Robbins. Outcome from Epstein. You remember I rang you up because I really I couldn't believe it was you. I was flabbergasted. I know. Victoria would love making me look really horrible sometimes. She really got great pleasure out of getting me in these terrible outfits, you know. And the coat I wore as uh, Babs in Dinner Ladies, it was um, it was a spin-off from one of the old ladies in EastEnders had worn it, you know, one of Doc Cotton's friends. But you're such an attractive woman, that's what I was... Well, that's very kind of well, you. Well, you are such an attractive woman, but I just oh. could not believe it was you. Well, it was such a fun show to do, and yeah. it took people a long time to realise it was me. But, um, yeah, I mean, working with Victoria was mm. just... I mean, I still miss her today. What a great... Um, what a presence she had in, in comedy. I mean, there was nobody like her, was there, really? She's no. totally unique. No. I mean, uh, there won't be anybody like her again, I don't think, and... You know, I still miss her, but she she really um, she loved getting me dressed up in terrible things. I mean, I did a I did a documentary with her about dieting, and she said, "Let's dress up as um, women in the Second World War, and we'll like dig for victory." And they, oh, you know, we had rollers in our hair and pinnies on. Honestly, I mean, I looked at well, I won't say the word. I looked awful. <laughs> Well, there you go. Now, you have a studio in your house because um, because of the voiceovers. You have I done... So- I thought you well, did. Well, no, do you know what? I was asked to do that. And I said I shall wait till the studio's open again because you don't get the same quality doing it at home. I mean, I can do it at yeah, home. Yeah. Obviously, we have to do a lot of stuff at home now. But um, I always say the best voiceover I ever did was... Do you remember the... I got the, the most money for doing the most, the littlest. I, I went in and they went, can you read that word there? And it, it was just, <laughs> and it was just, I was a black current in a Ravina commercial. <laughs> you weren't. I was. That's all I had to do. I just went, <laughs> and that was it. And was, thank you very much. A thousand pound walked out, you know, took me all of three minutes. It was the best money I've ever earned. <laughs> That's incredible. How are you coping with lockdown? Oh. Oh. <sighs> well, I have good days and bad days, I think, like most people. Uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm very lucky and my family are healthy and well, but I have had friends who've lost, you know, people with mm-hmm. COVID. And so some days I cry my, my eyes out about it, hearing my, my son, one of his friends' mum um, passed away the other day. And I cried my eyes out and I thought it could have been me. So you just got to, uh, you've got to just um, wait for the light to the end of the tunnel, and stay at home and have the vaccine when it's available. And remember, the light nights are going to start getting a little bit longer, which will make things easier. I think. I think when it's in the middle of the winter, it's yeah. even worse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but we've got to just. I think you know, January. Everyone does this dry January. Well, I call it dry white wine January. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to ask because everyone keeps asking me to ask you, how's Ted's health? Yes, he's okay at the moment. Um, he's um, it's been up and down. You know, he's got his little things in place in his heart which keep him from 
from anything horrible happening. He's lost a lot of weight in, in, in a good way. And he's, I spoke to him today. He's in really good form today. Um, got a nice mention last night on telly. Emily was on, uh, what's that program? Catchphrase. Yeah. Where you have to say what you see, say what you see. And she mentioned her Uncle Ted and he rang me up all chuffed. Oh, that's nice of Emily to mention me, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it is it is harder for people who've got, you know, uh, those, what are those things called in your, well, I, won't go into the medical thing, but he's got a little thing in there that keeps him Is it a stent? Stent? I don't know. Something like that. No. It keeps him safe yeah. anyway. Yeah. And he's quite fit and well, and uh, he was up and out. He was uh, walking down to get his paper today. So, yeah, he's all right. Um, but, you know, listen, let's just be... Yeah, I see I see your posts all the time. You're always having a, a COVID test. And it's fantastic. Yep. I mean, another one I the other day. I've had 12 now. Have you really? Yep. Wow. Is that because of the contract with your job you have to... No, they've, t- they've asked us to do it at least once a week. And we have yeah. the centres here in Liverpool and the Floral Pavilion in New Brighton. Um, you can yeah. go there. But I always yeah. come over to the uh, exhibition centre at the Echo Arena yeah. because yeah. I, I think it's important. You know, I'm working with other yeah. people. I'm out and about. I get so angry with these anti-maskers. I have to... I don't want to get political on it. No, please be. Please, it's a phone. Well, big one. I just... You know, I've lost a friend actually over it, and not not in a, not in that he yeah. died. I I, I I just couldn't be friends with this person anymore. He's one of these conspiracy theorists who believes that it's all a big uh, con, and he believes that <laughs> President Trump is you know is the savior of the world, and uh, there's all these tunnels underneath going on, and oh, it's you know, and he will not wear a mask and. And he sent me a text the other month, which was a few months back, and I'm afraid to tell him where to get off. And no. I just, and I saw him in the street, and, I, and he said, are you not speaking to me? I said, nope. <laughs> I walked no. no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I've got somebody who keeps sending me stuff, and I've blocked them because I've just had yes. enough of it. You know, yes. do not thrust your ridiculous ideas on me. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, some terrible things. People. I don't know what's up with people. It's like, it's almost like a sort of... Um, Maybe it's a, a way to cope with. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it, yeah. it's 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 mad, and we should all wear our masks definitely. <laughs> now tell me, which is the best part of your career? I know oh, you've had a fabulous yeah. career, but which is the well, best part? It's, it's a really good question. That I, I think when I won an award um, for being in a film, that was quite nice. But then films never shown anywhere, so I thought, well, that was a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> 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 Things like that happen to me all the time. You know, I think writing, surprise, surprise, Priscilla, was a big biggie for me. Mm-hmm. Because when I wrote it, and I thought of this little word, I thought, surprise, surprise. And I can imagine her going, surprise, surprise, you know. And the unexpected hits you between the eyes. And I thought, that's a good little line. I'll put that in there. And when I was writing it, I, I, I sent it to her, slightly sung in her voice. So that when she heard it, she'd go, oh, I can sing that, you know. Yeah. So it was a psychological thing. I thought, well, if I sing it a little bit like she sings, she'll relate to it. And it worked because she loved it. And it's been a fantastic um, thing for me. You know, it's a song that everybody knows. And in fact, when I went to Holland once, this bloke was sitting at the table talking in Dutch to his friend. And I was sitting there with my then husband, Keith, you know, we're good mates anyway. We're sitting there and this bloke in Dutch started going, oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> and he started singing it in Dutch. And I said, how do you know that tune? This was, you know, a few years back before the internet was really big. It was like 95. 
I said, how do you know that tune? And he went, oh, we have a program called Surprise, Surprise. And uh, this guy comes on and he surprises people and uh, he sings his song at the end. And um, when I looked, at, I got the videotapes in those days that were VHSs sent to me. And I looked and this bloke had been claiming that he wrote the song himself, you know. What? And for years. And so I, I got it all backdated. I said, no, you owe that money to me. Aren't people dishonest, honestly? Aren't they terrible? Wow. <laughs> But yeah. you know what was great about the song? It may, it, and people don't realise, it's psychologically don't realise, it lifts the programme. It starts oh, you know the programme on a, wow, yeah, they, you know. Stiller wants something a bit like years in the, in the 60s, Paul McCartney, who, as you know, I'm related to, he wrote a song for Stiller called Step Inside Love. Do you remember that? Yes. Let me find you a place. And it was a lovely little thing. And she used to sing it at the beginning and the end of her show. And so what it did was it made people come away from the show, but she looked into the camera and sang it as if she was in your living room. Yeah. And they said, still is looking for a song a bit like that, that she could look at the camera and walk away from the people hugging each other and being reunited or whatever. And she could just walk and look at the camera and say, surprise, isn't this a nice surprise? And, and she can end up in your living room with you. So that was, that was yeah. the reason I wrote it like that, yeah. <laughs> Do you know that the statue was put up four oh. years ago last Thursday? Four years ago. Was it really? Because yeah. I know you knew her. And, uh, oh, you were great mates. Well, I was involved with the um, statue. Um, that's, that's right. And you were in panto with her, weren't you, Wait, as oh. well? And it was the panto when she came on and she went, how shall I kill him? And somebody went, sing to him! Well, do you know what? I used to write these things on Surprise Surprise called Stillograms. And they were these little songs that Scylla would sing to people, like if they were in hospital or something. Yeah. And I said, why do you want to torture people with these? And anyway, <laughs> things like, I wrote little ditties for her to sing to people. And then they would film it in the hospital like, Laura the lollipop lady, we think you're awful nice. I've come to sing this song to you because you've survived diverticulitis twice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. And, they, and they got worse, and so we sort of started taking the mickey out of them, you know, like, let's laugh, let's cheer, because Billy didn't collapse this year. <laughs> 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 and so they became a bit of a sort of, uh, yeah. an in, you know, we all laugh and still got the joke i mean she yeah. wasn't stupid she knew we were, were laughing yeah. at her so she joined in yeah. but it was funny they were called telegrams yeah kate um, i've got to ask um spitting image was revolutionary groundbreaking television and you were a well, huge part of it Oh, it was such a great job to do because I just got married and started having children and so it was a nice job. You could go into the studio, doesn't matter what you look like, just do the voices and come home. And I, you know, I, I started off doing the singing voices on it because I did Barbara Streisand, and I did Cher. And then the producer said to me, look, you know, can you do the Queen? And so one, you know, one does the Queen's voice like that. And um, I said, yes, if I'm posh enough, come on, Philippe. You know, get the corgis out for a walk. Come to bed. Come to bed for sleep. And um, it was just it went on from there. And then I did Princess Anne, and um, I met Princess Anne once. And uh, she said to me, "What do you do?" You know, she speaks. She's got this long nose that sort of, she sort of speaks down her nose, sort of sounding like that. And she asked me what I did. And I thought I wanted to say I do you, but I thought no, I better not say. That. <laughs> so I said to her, I went. Um, 
oh, ma'am, I'm um, I'm um, I'm impressionist. And she you oh, do you have an exhibition on anywhere? She <laughs> <laughs> thought I was a painter. Well, anyway, there you go. I love it, I love it. Now, tell me about uh, your hit record that you had, More Than In Love. Mm. Great song. It was, but I was a one-hit wonder. I was a one... I had sung on other people's records up to that point. You know, I I was always a backing singer. I was a session singer. And first of all, I went into the Eurovision Song Contest and represented my country. Um, And we came third with a song called... um, Love Enough for Two. It was three boys, three girls. We were trying to be a bit like guys and guys and dolls. Guys and dolls. Years yeah, before, yeah. yeah. So we did that. We came third, and that was great fun. And I'm and Stephanie DeSykes wrote the song, and I started doing more session singing. And then I, got, I just got spotted in it. I was playing in a pub in, with my band. We were called Kate Bush. <laughs> Very nice. We were called Kate <laughs> Bush. And um, <laughs> this man spotted me, and it was Simon May. And he said, um, we've got this song we want featured in Crossroads. And I'd always laughed at Crossroads because it was so, well, dare I say, it wasn't the best. Um, the actors were great. It was just all the sets were wobbly. And, they were know, a bit wobbly, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, and you know the story about Mrs. Brownlow, don't you? The cleaner. Go on. So she's cleaning away, vacuuming what, the beginning of a scene. No one can hear the script. And the director shouts, cut, we can't hear anything because the vacuum cleaner. And his, his PA said, Mike, it's a typing error on the script. It should say Mrs. Brownlow hovering in the background. <laughs> 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 so she was hoovering around everywhere. No one could hear a thing. But it was it was a remarkable programme to do. Noel Gordon was, I mean, she didn't like me. God rest her soul. She was um, a bit jealous because I'd come into this programme and I'd sort of nicked her mate, Tony Adams, who played Adam Chance. Mm-hmm. And she was a bit jealous of me being there. And, and, of course, I don't blame the actors in it. They didn't like me coming into it and singing this song every two seconds. <laughs> you know, I was going, chalet 23, please. More than in love. Oh, thank you. I'll go down to my chalet now. You're a part of me. <laughs> and the reason I kept singing was because it was so corrupt, honestly. The, I can say it now, he's dead. The producer of the programme was on a cut of the royalties of the record. Ah. So the more it was played, the <laughs> more money God. he got. I know. It's, I mean, it just wouldn't happen today, to be fair. It would no, it wasn't, wasn't questioned in those days. And it had been done seven years before mm. with Stephanie DeSykes. She'd appeared in Crossroads and sung, I was born with a smile on my face. Remember that record? I do indeed, yes. And she'd done the same thing years before, and she'd had a hit from it, and she said to me, oh, do it, you'll have a hit. Mm. And it only sold, it sold over half a million records. I mean, I've got my gold discs to prove it, you know. But, um, yeah, it was great, great times. But, you know, a, a funny time, it really was. But then mm. I, you know, I, my comedy just kept coming out, and it wasn't supposed to be funny, but I... <laughs> Well, I've yes, you, you're played. a naturally funny lady, well, so I've it's difficult not to. Well, I've was my debut into comedy before it was supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> <laughs> to finish off, I've got to ask, you've got a fabulous daughter who is making you so proud. Oh, I'm so proud of Emily. She, the thing about Emily is, what you see is, is the real person. Um, when you see her personality on television, that's how she is. Do you know what I mean? She's very yeah. warm, very outgoing, very bubbly. Um, cares about people, and she's got good manners. And I've always taught her 
you know, be nice to the, my mother used to say to me, be nice to the cleaner, be nice to the queen. You never know who you will meet in between. And it's a good expression because basically she's just nice to everyone. And then the word goes round that she's a pleasant person. And I'm more proud of that than any of her acting achievements, really. I, I'm just proud yeah. that she's, you know, she can she can hold her own. And she is a good little, you know, comedian and actress and impressionist herself. She's doing lots of silly stuff, like she does Celebrity Juice and all those things. She's got her own series. But I'm just proud. I'm proud of all my kids. And I can't think of a nicer thing than someone saying to me, oh, I met your daughter. She was lovely. She was charming. Oh, she came over and spoke to me. And oh, what a credit to you. And you're just filled with pride. Ooh. Kate, I love talking to you. You're a you nice what, lady. Peter, you are a legend. And one day I'm going to interview you for my show. I really hope you enjoyed that. I'm loving doing the podcast. Why don't you subscribe? Doesn't cost you a single penny. Liverpool Live.